Hello and welcome to episode 384 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's weekly podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and here, um, I don't know, we're going to get a little scary, a little, uh, a little dragony this, uh, this episode. For the first time in six years, we are doing an episode on Breath of Fire, and this time it's Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, which is the fifth one. Have you um, done any other Breath of Fires? We did Breath of Fire 4 in 2017. It was so long ago I had to look up the year, because... <laughs> I might have been on that one because I swear I can't not talk about the stupid series. I think it was Alana and I. Or did you did you join us in like part two? Because because yeah. you heard we were doing Breath of Fire four like a week late or something. Yeah, it's one of those series to me. Uh, you, you know, I have a very specific relationship with Breath of Fire, but we can get into that a little bit later. Uh, first, let's introduce the rest of the panel. You just heard Steph Sabidlo. My D ratio is one in eight thousand one hundred ninety-two. I think that's the one that we use. Yep, it's then it goes down to forty ninety six and and so on. Um, but uh, <laughs> but joining Steph and I is Alex Franicek. Hey, my D ratio is over nine thousand. Ah, <laughs> uh, the wrong dragon series, wrong dragon series. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's right. We'll talk about D ratios and D dives and possibly other Ds. There's in a this. lot of Ds in this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, yeah, there's a lot of like One Piece initials in this uh, in this game. Um, I was hoping to make that joke much later, but I think it's just going to come up a lot anyway. I mean, I mean, everyone in this game seems to want a better D. It's yeah. uh, it's it's just one but one. <laughs> Oh my god, this this is already ridiculous. Oh my god. Well, it, it's gonna get more ridiculous because I don't I don't think this game uh plays by many rules. Um, it does not. Um, but we'll get to it very soon. Uh, again, this is this episode is about Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, uh, called Breath of Fire Five Dragon Quarter in Japanese. Um, so uh, and you know we don't like to talk about Breath of Fire Six. Uh, we did do um two episodes on Breath of Fire Four several years ago. Um. And that was really the last time I played a Breath of Fire game. Uh, I'll just dive into it right now. Um, I am a huge, huge Capcom fan. I consider like Street Fighter and Mega Man and Monster Hunter among my favorite series of all time. I, I love a lot of Capcom games. Um, and I, I've tried to play every Breath of Fire game at one time or another, but I only finished a, a couple of them. Like I, I played Breath of Fire 2, oh boy, 20, between 20 and 25 years ago um, on Super Nintendo. That game is... That game is brutal, but but very colorful and fun. I have a positive memory of that. And then the human splicing stuff is just so satisfying. It's a really fun a whole system. New character. I'm like, I was obsessed with that when I was a little girl. When like the pretty Nina became an even prettier Princess Angel thingy, and I was like, wow, you know, because I was really young and I thought princesses were cool. Uh, no, I I love I turning like, cat wow. into like a blue super cat. Yeah, she turned into a super the frog. He goes from like that kind of chef, you know, that chef fra- that very chef and round frame to like a super knight it's like ridiculous yeah no his silhouette goes from like chubby frog to battle toad yeah, uh, yeah with the, um, battle toad, yeah. but and, and and i remember also i remember the um how the shaman system worked except uh, yeah every, i think everyone had to look up online how to get the earth shaman because oh, yeah. it was yeah it that was one was ridiculous. really obscure yeah but they, but anyway we're not talking about breath of fire 2 um i i've i've attempted breath of fire 1 and 3 over the years um got i don't know maybe 10 hours deep at various times but uh, neither of them clicked with me as much as two or four. But I, but I really did enjoy four on the uh, playing it for the podcast many years ago. And yeah. again, I, I can go pretty deep talking about Breath of Fire two shaman combinations if I'm forced to. Um, and and I don't know. If this I just is a... did that right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's let's talk thoroughly about Breath of Fire five. Well, um, uh, Steph, before we get to five, uh, um, what's your background with Breath of Fire? It sounds like you've enjoyed most, if not all, of them yeah yeah no for the longest time like i was playing those games as they were coming out and renting them um so just always it's just always been around me i was always getting the games when they were coming out it was like the first ps1 game i saw being played and yeah so just and kind of like you were talking about like loving capcom like i distinctly remember being in the playstation 1 era and being like capcom is my favorite developer yeah and that's that's always kind of changed throughout the years but like i distinctly remember just being so in love with this developer no, I mean, a lot of what they did. yeah, it's similar to me. Like, um, I loved Mega Man and Street Fighter, and I always thought of Capcom as the Mega Man and Street Fighter guys. It's and then, them and then being it, both like artistically competent and you know game design competent, and I think you get a lot of that with Breath of Fire Five. Yeah, it's yeah. a good way of putting and it. And a lot of people did not and do not appreciate it, and I am actually mad at super fans of the series who cut off the final well, Breath of Fire Five. 
because uh, I think it's such a brilliant game. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk about Breath of Fire 5 in detail soon. But first, mm-hmm. um, Alex, uh, uh, what is your personal history with Breath of Fire? So a bit less history than you two, it sounds like, but uh, I have played a couple of them. The the odd numbers at this point now, I've played uh, one, <laughs> I love when three, that happens. and five. Yeah. Wait, oh wow, so you've played all the odd ones and I've only played the even ones. Yeah, that's funny. And, and, Ste- and Steph has played all of them. Just all this of is, them. This is incredible. Oh man, I'll, I'll, we need a fourth panelist that hasn't played any of them before, and, oh. then it, and then it would be perfect. And there's only three of us here today as opposed to like four or five, so you know, we're part of a super <laughs> club of people who get it. <laughs> Okay, and to anyone joining this podcast, you are the privileged few. Who yeah, yeah. This is this is what we call one of the one of those intimate episodes, mm-hmm. where it's uh, you, you know like maybe there won't be as many voices, but there at least there are three good ones. We're like touching our mustaches and you know putting our finger on our chin all the time as we discuss these things and, take a sip and of our... sipping on our scotch. That's yes. just how I record every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> eating a marshmallow. <laughs> Smoking a cigar. Steph is, Steph is not smoking a cigar. Steph is okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal in Canada. Hey. <laughs> I can talk about it. <laughs> that is that is a topic for another episode. More points for Canada. <laughs> Do uh, we have a 420 podcast celebrating Fire Emblem's oh birthday? Oh boy! Oh my God! All right. <laughs> y- you know y- you laugh, but episode 420 is probably about a year away. So I'll, I'll be there. All right, all right. Anyway, Alex, continue if you if you were if we interrupted your thought. I'm sorry. Oh no problem. I was just gonna say like uh, Breath of Fire was one of the JRPGs we actually owned on the Super Nintendo uh, that my older brothers owned. Mm-hmm. I, I was quite a bit younger. Um, it was it was pretty good. I I loved the the title of it when I was a little kid. It had dragons in it. I was really loved it's a the title idea for a series of this dragons, game. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than but... Dragon's Dogma for Pete's sake. <laughs> I like that game too, though. So it's, don't hate it's me. It's not a Dragon Age or Dragon's Dogma or Dragon Quest or oh, what was the other Dragon thing we said before? Deep Dragon down. Ball. Dragon Ball. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, there there are there are a lot of Dragon video games and and other things. So it's kind of cool that uh, Capcom's Dragon RPG is called Breath of Fire instead. Yeah, they, they took the meta- metaphorical route, and I applaud them for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked one. Never finished it. Was too young. Didn't really really get into it then i played three when i was uh, a decent amount older and i loved that game uh thought it was really cool the whole generational kind of storytelling around it eat all the sprites in that game like yeah oh my like god candy. and and ray yeah. the uh cat guy yeah what, what an npc what a I, buddy. I love how chunky his tail is too like i just wanna, you know, <laughs> i just want to play with all these characters and their ears <laughs> and all that stuff like i love the non-human party that you get in these games yeah yeah and, and um i mean uh, uh the oh, what's the name of the cat people in this game dog people are called are, are called grass runners yeah and cat people are called warren that's it warrens warren, yeah, yeah yeah the warrens in this game they're, they're never a specific kind of cat like cat from breath of fire 2 has a thinner tail and a thinner frame, but then Ray and uh, uh oh, and, and the guy from Breath of Fire Four are, are just chunky. Yeah, yeah are, are, are Cray? That's yeah. it. Yeah, Ray and Cray are thicker guys with thicker tails. And um, Lynn in this game is quite slender, but her tail is a little bit poofier than like a very thin like house cat tail. It's more. It's almost like a I don't know, like like a civet or a snow leopard or something. It's got that three D like SD graphic that they did with like Final Fantasy Nine, where it's like the hands are super gigantic and the heads are pretty big and the limbs are, are pretty narrow. I, I, I think that might be a Capcom thing. Um, uh, it's so, a like, stylistic choice. They definitely went very uh, scrawny in this game. Like, like they definitely have large hands, feet, and heads in uh, in Dragon Quarter for sure. But it's 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 to just you know exaggerate certain features to make them look yeah. seem uh, less less weird and more expressive. But um, when you're talking about the animations in Breath of Fire Three, I could do a whole another episode on the character animations in Breath of Fire Four. They are yeah. they are so good in that game. But um, Capcom's animation teams were really on another level in the '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, um, really. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah, Capcom, a, a storied developer that's made a bunch of great series over the years. Um, this was the last Breath of Fire game for a long time. Breath of Fire Six was uh, perhaps infamously a mobile only title that uh, I believe ended its service about a year after it started. Maybe maybe it made to two years. But um, I, I don't hear very many kind words about that game nowadays, unfortunately. It had good music, though. Oh, did it? Um, it do you know who the composer really was? It good music if you ever wanted to, like, YouTube it or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, that, that's, it, yeah. No, that, that's probably worth a YouTube safari, at least. Yeah. But Breath of Fire 5, um, 
makes a couple very interesting changes uh like you know quirks aside of you know like a human and non-human characters a lot of um bold uh bright colors and different silhouettes for playable characters like th- that's true of all the fire fire um, excuse me true of all the breath of fire games I'm, I'm gonna accidentally say either dragon quest instead of dragon quarter mm-hmm. and fire emblem instead of breath of fire at least eight times i apologize in advance but um uh, all the breath of fire games have those things in common but uh breath of fire 5 is less of a traditional rpg as, um compared to the previous four the previous four you know you pretty meet your forward yeah. pretty straightforward it's you meet your allies it's dungeon town dungeon town explore explore nonsense on the world map yeah. and then they have things that make them more unique than the most base level of rpg but you know they're sort of more traditional than five um you could turn into a dragon that was always the selling point there's right? all there's always a, a main character named ryu that can turn into a dragon and a yeah. girl with wings named nina that can cast magic and then that's where some of the uh coincidences end there's usually you a... could never say anything he was a silent protagonist until now yeah until now and then they just you know completely flipped the role sort of there's also um at least at least two characters named bosh in these games because i think uh uh, you have there's a dog man named Bao in or Bo in oh, Breath yeah. of Fire Two, and his Japanese name is Bosch. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Bosch Doggy actually is his full name. So I, I, I when I when I saw that one of the mains in this game was named Bosch, I was wondering if he was secretly a dog or if there were there was I mean, a connection that there. checks out because he is a little government lap dog, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have some thoughts on that fella, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Breath of Fire Five is less traditional than those other games. Um, it's it's clearly the intent was to flip it on its head, and they even you know right down to its heroes a little bit as atypical. Well, yeah. not atypical, but like yeah, a little inverted. And like you really do lose like if if part of the reason that you loved those early games so much was because of those colorful, uh, fluffy right. characters. Like you're you're not getting that in Dragon Quarter. The the fluffiness is highly toned down. Yeah, this game is bleak. Um, sure. the first thing I thought of while I was playing it for the first time was, oh no, I'm playing Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne again. It kind because, of is, right? Yeah, it's it, like it, that it, mode. Yeah, they're, they're from around the same time. I think I think yeah. Nocturne is 02 and this game is 03 or maybe maybe the the reverse. Um but but that game is also sort of a a, a, a dystopian world, a lot of um uh sort of industrial or, or or ornate dungeons that are dimly lit, um uh monsters that are borderline horror uh, or borderline body horror even. Um yeah, but I mean, but Shin Megami Tensei has its own uh, conventions, and Breath of Fire has their own. But um, in, for the most part, you are just going through labyrinthine dungeons until you can find the next save point, or the next town area, or the next elevator to another floor. Um, and again, I'm not super far in this game yet. I'm I'm less than ten hours in, probably closer to five hours in. And I think I I played the first hour and a half. I, oh, let's, let, let's say I think the first hour took me five hours. Right? Because <laughs> I just... Yeah, because... I think like it's pretty much... I don't want to say necessary, but like most people will probably restart the game in the first little while. Like, I had that, to restart a couple times. Room. Yeah, at least a couple times before you might really get far in your journey. The first trap room burned me. Um, I yeah. tried to kill a, uh, a giant mouse bull thing on my own when I shouldn't have. I got swarmed mouse by... Mouse bulls, man. Yeah, I, I got swarmed by like eight bats when I think I was supposed to lure them with bait and then throw bombs at them. But I just, I just sort of... I just sort of just walked down the stairs and ran into a bunch of bats like a chump. I know um, that bat room you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Again, no, it, it's like the first thirty minutes of the game. Here. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I am not. Uh, I'm. I'm not trying to cut an impressive figure here. But uh, yeah, this game is is uh, di- is dark and challenging and weird. Um, you start out as uh, two boys named Ryu and Bosch. Um, they're uh, they're with a group called the Rangers, and which seem to do sort of either both military missions and odd jobs for the community that they support. Um, again, I'm I'm speaking in vagities here on purpose. Um, you have an assignment to escort some cargo and be guards on a on a lift train for a while. You end up having to, uh, but the elevator down to the lift is jammed, so you have to go down there yourself. Basically, the first dungeon of the game where you learn how to play. And in the process of learning how to play, ice was str- I was struggling because this game. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, no, this game it is. You into it. It, it yeah. throws you right into it. And it's challenging from the get-go. Like, you can die... That that mouse bull thing that killed me is probably one of the first eight encounters, full stop. 
there's a lot of encounters where I'm sweating. Like, just I'm like, okay, I don't know if I have enough to get through it, you know? Like, it's kind of exhilarating in that sense. Yeah, and then it's, it makes a decision, like, oh, do I, like, try to run for, like, a door so I can escape this? Or, but then I already use like, so many items, so do I try to, like, yeah. push through? It's, like, a big uh, kind of risk management going on all the time with the dungeon crawling. Yeah. A, a lot of RPGs have that balance of risk management, like go as far as I can away from town, but then when I run out of MP or resources, go back to town, heal, and try again, and you're a little bit stronger this time. But Dragon Quarter deliberately pulls the rug out from you a little bit because there's no inns. There's no safe, cheap way to heal to full in a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, uh, The items you buy are it. <laughs> They do want to give you a lot of assets. So I do like when a game makes things hard, but they will throw a lot of assets your way to make the struggle. They want you to use the assets they give you to lessen the, you know, lessen the load. Yes. I mean, I was talking about bait and bombs yep. uh, a, a little while ago. They got like skill combos and like, you know, attacks that change as well, depending on, com you know, how you use them. And like yeah, building your own like combos based on like what buttons you assign them to as well. Yeah. And um, enemies can ambush you, but you can also ambush enemies to get bonus turns. Yeah. Um, there, there's, and, and again, there's a tactical um, element. Oh my God, I completely, I always forget that. It, no, that it is. <laughs> when I was doing the, the boss fights for the first time, well, any random battle for the first time, I'm going to be comparing this game in terms of other games this entire episode. I'm sorry. It felt like I was playing Makai Kingdom or Phantom Brave because there's, it, there, there's not a tactical grid, but moving costs action points, acting costs action points, but, in, but you have a, a finite number of action points. You're not limited by a magic resource like MP, but um, it's a little bit like uh, Valkyria Chronicle, I guess, as well. Like, but, um, but you basically can do a lot within the, uh, the sort of timing resource that you're given. And if you, so if you plan out encounters and do things like set bait, get that advantageous hit on an enemy, maybe throw a bomb at them first, um, you, you can... You can nail every encounter, but it, it, but again, it's hard. And um, sometimes you'll fight an enemy. It'll come like that first trap room you mentioned, which is which is before you even get to the. It's I guess it's towards the end of the first section of dungeon, um, but before you uh, get on the train, uh, you can sort of go and in, go into that and not realize the enemy weaknesses or not realize how many <laughs> enemies are there. And you'll you'll be like oh uh, because of like um there's there's limited vision and draw distance in this game and you'll like see one enemy try to ambush it but you'll take a few steps too far and oh no there are four here and then you have oh, yeah, to I've yelled a few times just from like yeah a little surprise, like ah <laughs> yeah a little jump scares like that. yeah like jump scares whether it's a spider falling from the ceiling oh, or God, or or you or you think there's one enemy but there's four like there again I um. We'll talk about how this game is like a rogue like later, yeah. but I uh, this gave me vibes of certain tactical RPGs. Um, right. It gave me a Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne vibe from its um, from the 3D models and how just bleak and and challenging it is, but also uh, a, a little bit of survival horror and a little bit of Souls like. Yeah. I, I can't believe how well it mixed. Yeah, like previous Capcom stuff, like the Resident Evil mode of horror survival into the mix because it worked it pretty effectively and i even love how it also ties into the narrative and everything as well mm -hmm. um yeah like everything about this game just feels kind of well thought out like yeah between the the horror survival and being trapped down and you needing to escape out of it i think that's yeah. such a cool and clever mechanic like it actually feels something like something immediate is really much on the line the other games have you really kind of sit and stew with the worlds and like, you know, you help villages with their problems and shit. But this one is like, feels like a real call to the player to shape up and, you know, really get thrown into it instead of steeped into it. Yeah, like the, the whole like scope of, of the game and like its structure is not like big by any means. Like it's, it's yeah, quite simple it's in terms of like you're basically, yeah, going down corridors. Maybe you'll get like some slight variations sometimes, but other than that, you're just kind of like managing like all your encounters. Um, you're like managing your resources, making sure that you're stocked well enough to get like to the end of the, the given level you're doing. And then <laughs> just to uh, get to the end. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like this constant like feeling like like stress and like, oh, I, I, like, should I even like do this encounter? Should I throw meat? to like try to like distract the enemies so i can get around them maybe there's a safe point around the corner maybe not but uh, do you find the victory theme just like very strangely relieving to hear like it actually oh yeah very, you know soothing on the soul like i did it yeah no um because <laughs> this game is so dangerous and is always trying to kill you um 
a reprieve like going back to town is is so relaxing it's like hearing the music of tristram after you've um gotten a little yeah. too far on in the, under the cathedral in diablo one or something you go from this place is a little moody to oh my god thank god this place exists <laughs> and like the break areas like aren't even like really relaxing places like no not especially yeah like they're all like like a refugee camp where people are like struggling to like make yeah. by or like it's a little really poor area and yeah. then like it kind of gets better as you climb up yeah it's every every part of this game again i'm not super far is either like a slum a factory level or a sewer level yeah. and and that's you know cool it's in some ways but also it's like it's like man i wish there was you know a bright color other than other than Ryu's hair and Lin's clothes, oh, uh, yeah, the, the character designs are at least bright. They, they are. The um, and they, otherwise, they'd be maybe it would be hard to see on screen. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like me, like me, accidentally running into swarms of rats and bats. Like I can't even tell you how minor I love something small, like having four, you know, beautiful pastel blue hair colored reuse, and then going to this really deep navy color for this one, and then he's got that contrasting orange that like really pops in the dark you know and some of those teal colors like he it just a really cool looking main character and i remember being totally surprised by it the first time i saw it where we went from these kind of puffy panted heroes you know with their swords to this lanky guy with the cropped coat and very distinguished you know orange yeah, he, he looks like sickly line. almost like he's he's so like skinny and like his body shape is like so like no. almost like alien like in its proportions that uh and his big like bug eyes like yeah. this guy does not look like he's doing very great health wise but all of them look kind of shocked at the state of the world they've been born into <laughs> well uh okay God, three th three things uh, first of all th those proportions are i mean th to me they just look like video game people so i'm not i guess i'm not shocked by the proportions but because i've seen you know video game characters of every proportion um this again this gives this gives me a, a slight Mega Man Legends vibe with um with how how big and uh the heads are and how round the eyes are. Uh second, it would not be a Steph Sabidlo podcast without some fashion and color and color palette discussion. Must, must, and, must. Yeah. <laughs> and third, um they even tie Ryu's, I don't know, sickly waifishness into the story a little bit because mm -hmm. I, we've been dancing around it. Um uh, this society is part of it lives with a caste system yeah. where um everybody has a ratio called the D ratio, a number called a D ratio on the back of their neck that, and uh, people use that D ratio basically as, um, All of it. yeah, basically yeah. for, as a form of classism, like, um, people that with, uh, with bad D ratios are considered low potential with bad health outcomes, but people with high D ratios are considered, um, you know, just, just better people, more, uh, like we with more potential get a ratio for all the major characters too so it's like a bit of a storytelling device to kind of tell you you know they're, it's like a power you know. level yeah that, that's right and and ryu's d ratio is pathetically low it's eight it's one over eight thousand one ninety two yeah so he's going nowhere in life so he is him being a little gangly just kind of works he's a runt mm -hmm. yeah but and then his um his partner at the beginning of the game bosh has a ratio of one over 64 which, which is better is, than his boss which is better than his boss and and bosh mentions his ratio whenever he introduces himself he's like Ah, my name is Bosch, one sixty fourth, and uh, and and he even like waves it in front of his boss, uh, and at one point telling her, "Look, we all know that I'm gonna eventually outrank you, so you should give me a good mission so I can so I can uh, pay it forward when I when I'm famous someday." Yeah. And it's like and like he says this without irony, and uh, and talks down to Ryu it, 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 all the time, which you, you don't see like um, ratio abuse openly at the beginning of the game but you do see the you know basically people living in impoverished slums and bosh waving around his d ratio uh uh with every line of dialogue that really communicates like oh this is this society is not doing well they even talk about how in in one part of the world they painted the ceiling blue because yeah, it because like evi sky. evidently there was a thing called the sky that used to have <laughs> it, it we used to have that instead of a ceiling and it was blue yeah. <laughs> the this is like some of the art book stuff but like uh lynn's doesn't have a d ratio because obviously she's you know hers has been scrubbed because she's opposed to the government uh yeah when you work with trinity and nina's is so low that it doesn't even warrant bringing up because like she's meant to be like fodder for for, yeah, I thought you know. I thought she wasn't even considered like a person by like yeah. most of the people. Yeah, in the they, games I world. think they even call her like an like an experiment. It's like, oh, you found the experiment. Yeah, and they just yeah, it's like, yeah they like refer to her as like an it. Yeah, it's yeah. like so, it's like one of those 
super low exponents in a in a chemistry equation that's so close to close to zero you can just assume it's zero <laughs> okay here this is the note nina okay so nina's d ratio is unknown but according to the director it's so incredibly low to the point where nina could only live in the lowest slums of the shelter where a missing girl would not be noticed god damn that's blue wow yeah, yeah. this whole game is <laughs> this whole game is bleak and challenging and dark but embraces every part of that and um and we we mentioned this a little bit uh how this game is like a roguelike it, it's mm -hmm. because again you it's easy to die in this game and when you do die you start at the beginning or start at the last place you saved yeah. but uh saving is very limited in this game there's you have um save tokens and you have to spend items to do a perma save but but if you but if you know if you uh really need to get off your ps2 and um do something else you can use a a temp save that that isn't like a real it's not it's not a real hard save point it's one I that you can games only that have that system it just makes me confused and feel stupid yeah it reminds me of um how like the original version of i think it was lunar 2 or maybe it was the original lunar that had uh that had like you had to use items to save and like the, they punished you for saving too much um it, again that that just makes like 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 when you get to a payphone and you only have a couple save tokens it's, it's like is this going to be worth it do i need to save this for later no. and and also if is but, there a boss yeah but it, 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 if you die you can either start from the beginning of the game or go back to your save point and but you get to uh um or you can press uh, use an item to to teleport back to the save point but then you lose half of your money and half of your bonus experience i hate when they do the take away money thingies that's all i got man yeah it's uh like the you one know thing i need yeah, it's like Pokemon vibes of defeating a trainer and just and then mugging them afterwards. It's like except you're the one getting mugged. <laughs> it's again, this game punishes you in ways that RPGs don't usually do. It, normally, you can save and you can save without using any resources and heal your HP at an inn or a hot spring or something without using any resources. But Dark Dragon Quarter has no permanent heals, limited saves, and um if you die, you lose almost everything. But um, but uh, if you had something stored in a locker, or if you had an item equipped, uh, you do get to keep those. So this game's not impossible. There is there is growth. You don't start from level one every time. So it's it's not a true roguelike. I mean, they give you the but, best cheating device in the entire game, which is you know the beautiful uh, you know D counter that that again <laughs> serves as a beautiful double edged sword. Oh, that's use, right. Which yeah, I love. I love that they just don't let you use that freely, and they put such a big hanging issue with it. And that it's uh, always lingering on like part of always. your screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, after the first boss fight of the game, you get um Ryu awakens to dragon powers, which are definitely connected to the dragon corpse that him and Bosch found uh, an hour or so earlier. Although I don't, I don't know exactly how they're related because again, I'm not. It's really that far cool to yet. show a decaying like dragon corpse like that. Like that was pretty vivid. Yeah, especially <laughs> after like, you played like earlier games and like you know how like glorious the dragons oh, yeah, once were. It's it's one yeah. of the the coolest ways that they like harken back to those games. It's just like look at look at what the world has become. Yeah, yeah. and when they look at it, Bosch is like, "What? I've never seen a genic like that before." And genics are their words for the mutant mutant monsters that you're fighting. So they 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 so they don't even have a concept of what a dragon is. But but you know people that know that this game is called Breath of Fire will be like oh that's a dragon that's going to be important eventually but it I only really just noticed them. that um, Nina's tattoos match the Genix. <laughs> yeah, because I I think a lot of the Genix were yeah, the results all... the results of experiments and yeah. Nina was experimented on. Yeah, and I love the absolute the the twist to her wings too. Like it's not your pretty you know like even in Breath of Fire two where she's cursed with these you know awful black wings of misfortune. Like they're so beautiful. They're purple and yeah, blue yeah. Well, and, like, they, I the mean, colors. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah in Breath of Fire two. It's like she's beautiful and her wings are beautiful, but she's like, she's oh, like my my sad. wings are, my wings are such an eyesore. <laughs> That's like a uh, but but uh, but uh, this time around, like the wings were clearly like, not they're clearly not natural. They literally look like they're inverted on and like they don't look natural and they're like a blood red, shiny, burning color. It's so creepy. They it's look they look member membranous, like someone yeah. ripped off most of a dragonfly's wings or something. Or yeah, even like a like you know a bird when you take off the feathers and it's just that kind of chicken wing hanging there. Yeah. It, it, they're 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 not they're not beautiful angel wings they're this game it, it takes place in a dystopia yeah. i don't know if it's following some 
ancient event or ancient apocalypse, let like you know, like uh, Shin Megami Tensei three, or if this is just it, it's sort of, or if it just doesn't matter and this is the only world that they know and they're trying to they're trying to escape it. Because so, so a sort of fun mechanic to the game is that whole D ratio system, so that yeah. if you improve your D ratio, you know, through multiple playthroughs, you're going to be privileged to more information about the story. That's right. I um. God. After the first time I died, yeah. I played oh, the yeah, game again, and, and yeah, and got a, I got a couple extra cutscenes, including yep. that one where Bosch talks back to his captain, which yeah. Ryu is not present for. That's right. So yeah. like, I, I and I, I don't think this has happened to me yet because I've, uh, I've Did died. Did anyone get a kick of the that it's called SOL system? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, come on, it's too appropriate. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I don't think it's. It, it's. It's probably. What is it? I don't remember what it actually stands for. Is it? Is it like save overlay scenario overlay? It, yeah, it, scenario it, overlay. Yeah. yeah, scenario overlay. But uh, but really, this game does leave you <laughs> out of luck a couple times. Yeah. Um. Un, but, un, but but again, this game, like a Souls game or like a roguelike game, is a game about learning. Like they want you to master these systems and how to survive basic encounters until you're good enough to you know peep around every corner and use items like bait and dynamite well and uh, and and have and optimize your combos and uh, and learn the different teamwork between Ryu Nina and Lin yeah. uh, and uh, again I don't know if you guys have played uh, uh Radiant Historia oh yeah um but uh, one one of my favorite things to do in that game is there's a character that makes elemental bobs on bombs on the map, and then you can use characters' um, pull and push moves to just to like shove them into bombs. Yeah. Um, Nina is able to make these like these like exploding fire circles, and I and I I've done a lot of encounters where it's like retreat from the enemy, retreat from the enemy. Nina plants a circle, enemy just keeps walking into circles until they burn to death. Like I like, haha, you I, idiots. I've I've done that. <laughs> too many times for it not to be a thing but uh yeah, this game wants you to approach encountering enemies and fighting enemies very carefully and tactically and that on top of this game's well above average challenge level uh makes me it not it, it's like it's stressful and sometimes good stressful sometimes less good stressful yeah like a lot of the time, especially like on repeated runs, I'm like, oh my god, it's this encounter. Oh no, it's this encounter, you know. And I'm just like, kind of dying a little bit. At at one point, I uh, um, this is like not the very beginning of the game, but like the second save point you find. I was just so worried about how it would go. I spent yeah. all of my money on healing items, put them in my locker deliberately died a couple times and put things in my locker again just so i would have a ba a, a bank yeah. of healing items to go back to oh not a bad idea so, so my so my death counter is already over 10 but i i don't care i'm just trying to get through this game i'm not trying i'm not trying to speed i'm not a pro speed runner i'm quite the opposite i've been playing very very slowly and i've only died that like that first time in, in that first trap room but otherwise i'm just like really trying like manage my my pace like trying to like do like only one or two enemy pulls at a time mm. so that i like ha don't like can basically attack them and kill them before like they can even attack me at, at least like more than once and so uh in, in that sense i've been able to like very slowly grind through this game without dying too much and it's been like constant stress constant engagement this had to use like the d ratio like a couple times like the rest of them you'll get through it's the only game like this yeah <laughs> so, again I, I really do think this is like a this is an early 2000s roguelike in how yeah. the the death and re and retrying mechanics work but also like it, a lot of um souls games demon souls dark souls bloodborne etc have that same approach to um Death is a learning experience, and and they want you to master your abilities, and learn the environment and learn the enemies to keep going. Except my abilities as Ryu is just like spamming the one slash move. And just this, oh, it, yeah. it, like I love the way it sounds consecutively. It's just ha 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 ha. There's this one weapon you can get that has like really high like damage, but you can only use slice with it. Like yeah. you can't customize. The and I'm like, deal, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> There's also one of the treasure boxes in this game that just always cracks me up, and it's like obtained blunt. <laughs> it's like a blunt object. Oh wow! Of, die. Of course, of of course, that would be your favorite treasure chest. Though. Of course, whatever. Um, but the, just go yeah. into one of these dank corners and smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very out. stressed out right now. <laughs> 
Oh no, this would not be a good game to play. Uh, once no, under the influence. This no, you, just make you, me you need to have you need you need to have your you would get way too paranoid, and you want your yeah. senses at least a little bit sharp to deal with this. Because again, I, 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 I would get I, well every time I died not on purpose in this game. It was because I underestimated the space in front of me. It's it's like oh yeah. I, I thought I I thought I would be, this would be one spider. It's actually three spiders. Um oh uh oh, I I think there is a a little mouse behind her. No, it's two little mice and one gigantic mouse that goes up to the mm -hmm. ceiling. Like uh it's and I think this game wants you to struggle but then come out stronger for it. And that's admirable, and it's a lot the of journey, uh, man. Like it really wants you to feel the struggle with the character, and I respect that so much. It's not like an easy RPG. The journey is not easy, and they don't want the game to be easy. I I'm not a, a Souls expert. I've only played one uh, Souls game, but but which I really really liked. And but but that was the same feeling that game got that that game yeah. gave to me the same feeling. It's like you are very powerful, but the enemies are very powerful. Like this game is challenging, but it wants you to learn and grow from the challenge. Yeah. And uh, it gives me the, the same vibe here, but also it's just, I'm not sure I want all this stress all the time. I, I, I know. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm going slowly through this game and I genuinely fear that I won't, I, I, I won't be, yeah, I won't be able to finish it next week. Cause I, cause again, I have some busy nights unrelated yeah. to video games ahead of me. And yeah. this is, this is just not a gentle RPG <sighs> that, that just lets you watch numbers uh, go up and then heal the full and try again. I remember, like, when I quit, too, about, like, 80% of the way through, like, I was just out of items. I was, you know, just getting slaughtered. I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I didn't know much longer it was going to go on for, and I and I restarted, like, 80% of the way through. Started from just the beginning? Just have an easier go of the next one. Yeah, just have an easier go of, the, of it again. Oh. I think you get to see some new cutscenes, I'm sure, so it works out. Spe yeah. and, and, like, speaking of, like, uh, comparisons, it's like, like, Hades, like, what everybody loved that Hades did was that when you start a new playthrough, you'd see new narrative content. That's yeah. exactly what this game was doing like 20 years before with the, yeah. the scenario overlay system. Yeah, I mean, Hades gives you more ways to strengthen yourself between runs. But, um, but, but that, that, I mean, Hades, again, one of my favorite games of the last five years, uh, re like rewards you with narrative content from effort and also rewards you with growth from effort. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. um, and, and Breath of Fire, again, is a game that's, uh, what, Hades, Hades was 2020, and this is 2002, so there's a little bit of a... I think it kind of goes with that, like, Zelda approach, where it's, like, it's a little easier if you know what to expect on that second run, mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of yes. know how to prepare accordingly a bit more, you're less less in the dark. That That's part of of these challenging games it's like i Literally. now like now i know i now i know what this enemy will do i know that there's an ambush here i know that there's a danger room here i know yeah. that there's that there's four mutant mutant rats here so i should take i should try to um you know pull them and uh alert Isn't them one, one at a time a hard room and they give you some sick weapon too and you're like yes <laughs> you know and it just kind yeah. of feels good when you get like some big chunky weapon at the end of the trial like this game knows how to make you feel good. It does know how to offer that bit of, you know, endorphins. <laughs> Dragon Quarter understands risk and reward very brilliantly, but I and mean, it gives you some of the most hopeful and beautiful music to kind of like really <laughs> seal into your heart that you, this journey is worth it. <laughs> That's true. I I didn't I wasn't aware until I started playing this that this was a Hitoshi Sakimoto soundtrack. Um, but um, uh, one of you guys uh, mentioned it to me off air before uh before i was uh before i was very far into the game and then when i listened, i paid more attention to the music i'm like oh this this yep. really does sound yeah. like final fantasy tactics or vagrant story and in, yeah. a, in an extremely good way like the uh, the soundtrack is excellent yeah but it's yeah. also like it has like tons of elements from those games but unlike them it's not like a fantasy it's like kind of more sci-fi in a way and there's there's a lot more kind of like electronic like synths and kind of like spacey Very noises and things like that movie. yeah so yeah. you get like all those classic like sakimoto like power rhythms with like strings and horns but you also yeah. get like these nice like vibey electronic tunes as well so really killer soundtrack and maybe my favorite that sakimoto's done oh well, i don't, I don't yeah, know if right? it's my favorite sakimoto only okay. because i only because I, I love final fantasy tactics so much but but you do get those at place to a lot of the strengths of that soundtrack like it's still like this is sort of what i was getting at in some of my notes and like i was actually just listening to the soundtrack before we started up the podcast i can't find the notes uh like a lot of it you know with sakamoto's background in fantasy stuff like it's kind of cool that he incorporated something that for a fantasy that was once a fantasy series that is trying to be sci-fi right a bit right now and a bit more cyberpunky. So I think it's kind of cool. It's a bit of a fusion of both. 
and it's nice that we've seen you know sakamoto and base escape go and take on like you know more sci-fi stuff with uh well shoot 13 sentinels you know right, so yeah. he's got okay. that power for it and i think he even started out with doing a few sci-fi uh sci-fi tracks as well so it's kind of great to see it come back full circle yeah i i think that um maybe this is an overgeneralization but i think that you hear the more uh like the the more um horns with strings the uh for battle uh, during battle and then the more atmospheric crunchy um uh science sci-fi flavored ones when you're sneaking around the uh the dungeon and that i think that sort of enhances each of those scenarios like like in battle i am like i my blood is pumping. I am trying to concentrate. I'm inching Nina forward, so I use exactly the right of the minimum amount of AP when I'm moving before I have her. Oh, I love uh, that when you're just like tiptoeing after a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get right Yay. to zero AP. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> it's tactical. It's smart. <laughs> but if you do wait, you do get, save all of your AP for the next turn. So if you want yeah. a giant, if you want a giant combo, then like just waiting a turn is not a bad idea. Especially, uh, especially with Lynn, because a lot of Lynn's gun moves um, will enhance the next move. So, like, like she's way better if um, if she gets a, a long chain combo um, compared to at least compared to Ryu, from my experience. But I'm I'm far from an expert here. Again, I'm having a rough time in this game. But uh, and and it doesn't help that whenever when you finally get the cool dragon power, we mentioned this before. Um, uh, it's like, oh, great! This will make the battles easier. But then, you know, the more you use the dragon power, the more your D dive meter goes up. And if I think if it gets to one hundred, you're it's game over, right? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. haven't seen it yet? No, I, curiosity. I, no, I, I've I've seen the meter okay. and I saw it going up, so I looked up what it did, and then I was okay. like, oh no, okay, yeah. I gotta keep this under under 65 or whatever i have it at now breath of fire as a series has never shied away from like kind of graphic stuff even if it's just like little sprite depictions like you know and it wasn't the oh yeah no, there, there's games, there, there's a full-on body horror end game thing in breath yeah. of fire 4 that, that's quite disturbing but but again this game spoiler alert there's a few but oh yeah <laughs> but there's um like creepy mutants and yeah. um and uh again this is a possibly a post-apocalypse definitely a dystopia with fantasy and sci-fi elements but when you turn into a dragon in this game it isn't a cool power reprieve that just has a meter go down to zero it has your meter go up and possibly kill you like even like like there's no safety of a, of a village with an inn or power fantasy yeah. of turning into a dragon in this game it's it's just punishing and it goes up just ever so slowly, even if you're just walking. So you can't just like sit in one spot cozily forever. Like this yeah. is a race against, it, it's a very slow counter. Like, don't get me wrong. I think if you just walk through the entire game, the counter only goes up like, I don't know, five to 10%. Like it's not that big a deal, but it's still enough that it goes up a little, little bit just while you're walking around just to kind of itch at your mind, you know? Yeah, it feels like 0.01% like every five to 10 seconds or something like that, which yeah. just makes like, if you're, if you are just like kind of wanting to like get all like the, the treasure keys to get like chests, which unlock like unique yeah. abilities for the, cool the stuff, different yeah. characters you can equip then you will be doing like backtracking and you will be seeing that meter go up a bit so it, <laughs> it, it is really constantly on the mind which is yeah. just fantastic yeah and i don't think i don't think they tell you that it kills you they tell you oh don't no. be, they tell you make sure not to use the d dive too much but uh, but then like if it goes up to 100 you die and it's like oh that's what that meter is for forget what's the cost of the skills actually i kind of want to see this um, i think like the regular uh like dragon two? attack is like one percent one percent yeah and, and it's pretty the... tough like it is a good like alternative to how many difficult things the game throws at you it is your crutch and it is a really really good one you will win the battle yeah, because like dying in this game does because that does set you back so much. It's like if you're facing like death, it's like yep. oh yeah, of course I'm gonna turn into a dragon because I don't want to die. Oh, but then it's just like incredibly and beautifully ironic that that ends up slowly killing you as right? well. So I love that give and take. Like this this game really really I like and I'm sorry I'm gonna drop my one f bomb, but this game really wants to f- you. I love it. Yes, it, it takes something that's normal about a JRPG. Again, like you go out and explore as much as you can, then you go back to heal. Go out and explore mm-hmm. as much as you can, and go back to heal. But then it takes away some of the things that are comforting and safe about JRPGs. Yeah, and yeah. um, and so, it, so it just so by increasing the risk factor so much, then the moments of reward feel great. But yeah. also, but this is a game that's deliberately oppressive and wants you to die when sometimes I feel like 
RPGs are cozy and friendly and want me to succeed. So again, this is not, a, and, and I don't play a lot of roguelikes, and I've played exactly one Souls-like. So uh, this is not a new experience for me, but it's a slightly stressful experience. Um, I do, I do like how every cutscene feels like a very nice relief. You know, where there aren't too hmm. many, and every time you do get a cutscene, it feels like it does give you very good and relevant information to either character or world or like just you know motivation and all that stuff, and just establishing. So like, I feel nothing is really wasted in this game. Oh, do you guys like that little filter that flickers when like every cutscene starts? It's very like like a camera, security camera looking. Yeah, yeah. I always love that. Like this was probably the first game that really made me realize like creative uh, design and like you know kind of establishing a a whole like world and atmosphere for your game that really you know sells it. That kind of high tech future look, which is kind of downrodden but still kind of modern looking. Like it's such a cool aesthetic that they tried to nail all in one. Yeah, and the the cutscenes are like. Like they're so like beautifully like shot too. Like everything yeah. is like very deliberate. Like it'll be like either like static shots of like characters that uses like space in some interesting way, or like frames like a couple your of characters name together. Is, like, your, your card, you know, like your your ranger card. I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like uh, I feel like that um, Makoto Ikehara and the uh, other designers of this game have had like these the Breath old Breath of Fire games were basically isometric view or top down view RPGs. But now that he had a third-person 3D one, he was going to use the 3D as much as he could. So there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of like zoom to a character's face, then pull out, and you see the action that took place. Like like when like when uh, when you confront Bosch after you're escorting Nina um, uh, and Lynn up from the slums, um, Ryu's like Bosch. It's so great to see you, and it, like zooms in on Ryu's face. Then you hear a stabbing sound, and they pull back, mm -hmm. and Ben Bosch's sword is inside Ryu's leg. <laughs> It's, it's like it's like it's like that, that I has think a... he got it like right between his knee and like the leg part so like just jam oh right in yeah there. no I, I thought it was Bastard. i thought it was right in yeah i thought it was right in his upper thigh basically but uh but it's like like you can't have that his, kind like, of face effect doesn't even flinch and it, uh, you know when he does it he's such a yeah but... <laughs> steph you said you were only going to use one Oh, all right, all right, all right. Well, Sorry. okay. George did, George Carlin did tell, teach us that those were different words. Warranted um, for how much of a butthead he is. <laughs> Bosch is just Bosch, a great Bosch villain that you love. To no, no, no. Well, okay. Look, OMG. well, no, no. His his D ratio. The D stands for <laughs> head. Um, <laughs> and his stupid haircut. Like, I just want to punch him between like that bratty face, you know, and his twerpy motivation. Right, if, yeah, if they can, really did give him that like hateable like aristocrat kind of oh, yeah, look because he is supposed thing. to be like from like a wealthy family. You know? Yeah, no. If yeah. if I can tie this back to Final Fantasy Tactics again, he's the Algus of this game. Yes, yes. <laughs> or uh, or okay, Algus, Algus in the original translation, Argath later, whatever. But okay, but if I'm talking about different, I, I hope you'll like him more than Argus. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm not. I have pretty low opinions of both Bosch and Algus at this point. I'm doing but... a really big winky face too. So like, I, I don't know. I hope you like the art where it goes. Well, speaking of where this game goes, I, I have some questions for you guys. Yeah. Uh, or uh, I mean, Alex, you're definitely further ahead than I am. And um and Steph, I know you've played this game before, or at least most I've of it before. Got it like memorized. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to, so I have some to ask a few things. Like, does this game eventually get a little more colorful, or is every dungeon really this dark and brown? Um. So it it's very like just like kind of industrial settings. Uh, for the most part, there are like there was like an ice cave at one point. The ice okay. Cave is nice, yeah. Um, there, uh, there was a lab that was bright, but it was also like filled with like disturbing experiments and things like that. It's like a pipe place. That's, yeah, I uh, did go to some BioCorp thing that was that yeah. did seem like a more sanitized lab than the rest of the area. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, very grimy, lots of browns, and uh, I think y'all no will like the final dungeon though. The final dungeon, in terms of like the way it looks, and I'm gonna say especially the music is like one of the greatest dungeon tracks. It's like a cool slow burn track, and I'm just so excited. I, for I, I truly am having doubts I'll be able to finish this game in time, especially since I have to edit this episode between now, uh, between now and the next time we record. You. But uh, uh, there's a really good long play I found on YouTube that was really easy to find. Uh, it's in great quality if you need it. I, I just did it because like I needed. To, yeah, I just forgot like a few names. I was like, oh, I can't remember, can't remember. So I just went and checked it out there. All right. Well, um, I, I, that's not the only question I have. Also, um, we we, we mentioned that the old Breath of Fire games were basically more, more like a traditional RPG, and how this and how Dragon Quarter is still a JRPG, but has elements of roguelike and Souls-like. Um, do we wish this was more like the old games, or do we wish 
there were more games like Dragon Quarter, or do we are we just happy this game exists and we can go back to playing cozy RPGs if we want to? <laughs> there is a crowd who just do not like Souls like. I am generally one of them, and this game is weirdly one of my exceptions. Uh, and it's not out of spite or anything. It's just because they're hard and I just don't have the time. Um, so yeah, this game is really hard. I don't like people who say they wanted more of the same. I love when a game tries to take risks and try to do something new. And in a lot of cases, I think they succeed to the uncom- discomfort of a lot of people who are fans. But I think it's so important that they try to do different things. I'm yeah. so mad that people want like Zelda to go back to the old school style. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> they did that try, literally for try 30 something years. New again, if anything. <laughs> like, why not? Yeah. And like, I think this idea would still be big if they brought it back. Like, I, I, a kind of roguelike, but more of a st- traditional RPG. And it's like a tactical. Like, it's just kind of a cool, perfect box of all these ideas. Like, people who want something different. I mean, please, 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 I implore you to try Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Yeah, well, I mean, I, if they've listened this far into the podcast, I hope they, they 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 either have already played this or are willing to learn. There you go. Yeah, the few actually who want, like you know, who are who you know want to listen to a podcast to hear about a new type of game, kudos to you. I always find that really cool when people do that. Um, as someone who records a lot of podcasts and listens to a lot of podcasts, I I listen to game and movie podcasts without having played the game or movie before. Um, I'm very uh, qu- quite quite on often. That. That's why I'm kind of bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but um, it, like. Also, it helps that I care about spoilers about the least of anyone I've ever heard of. But uh, but also, um, like like if something sounds unique or interesting, then maybe that will motivate me to um to play or watch it because it's it's not not about the destination; it's about the journey. Is again uh, one uh, explanation I always use when I say I don't care about spoilers. But I, I I am I have avoided spoilers on this game. I I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I didn't but know what to I, say, no, no, it's it. it's okay. fine. It's fine. I'm 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 pretty sure I'm fighting Bosch again eventually. And but otherwise, no. uh, otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I'm I'm really not sure what to expect from this game. I might have to resort to YouTube, like you suggested, Steph, because yeah, um, I, I, be, I, I just I just don't know if I have the time management skills. You've you've had a bit of a crazy year too. So I, yeah, I've had a, I've had a crazy out. year, and yeah. I have and I have um a busy couple of days ahead of me where I won't be able to play any video games, let alone let alone a stressful one. <laughs> so yeah. we'll I, I think I've uh um set the record for most times saying stressful in one episode of Retro Encounter. It's um, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> definitely a word that sums it up. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I mean, this is I, I'm a newcomer to this game, and uh, as somebody who didn't really know too much about it, other than it was kind of like a weird, unique JRPG that was not like the rest of the series. Uh, I am so glad I played this game. Uh, it's one of my favorite games that I've played this year. If you are looking for something different, I'd highly recommend it. Especially you can't if... see the happy face I'm making right now. Just saying <laughs> that I'm like, oh my god, fan. <laughs> Especially if for anybody here who likes Vagrant Story, loves Vagrant Story, this is yeah. the closest thing to a successor to Vagrant Story there ever was. And oh, I really didn't realize that going in. Uh, Vagrant Story also is another game you could kind of call like souls like in, in some aspects especially like ha- having like the whole solitary character but everything about the structure of this game down to like co- going down like repetitive hallways through like very bleak environments like knowing how to space around like a given room being kind of a thing to consider alongside when you're gonna attack an enemy and what attacks to use and even like the way that the the cutscenes are shot which is like we were talking about that that cool mix of just like kind of like static aesthetically pleasing shots and like kind of more uh dynamic like camera angles and things like that but it almost has like this like comic booky sort of tone to it where it's like you're still not getting any voice acting you're still getting like in-engine uh cutscenes you're still getting like kind of written dialogue the, the written dialogue is, is sometimes is even sometimes shaped like a speech bubble pointing to the appropriate character, which looks yeah. exactly like Vagrant Story. I, I've I've no <laughs> yeah, doubt really. that um, uh, Ikahara was was just loved Vagrant Story and said like, oh, instead of making Breath of Fire five like another standard JRPG, I'm, I'm gonna do my own thing with that. And and also like the combo type battle systems where you can like equip mm-hmm. skills and like chain attacks into each other. Uh, it's all like the same stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, those were in the older Breath of Fire games as well, um, at, at least Breath of Fire Four for sure. Uh, but 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 yet, yeah, this game is them deliberately taking a risk with Breath of Fire, uh, just like a player taking risks all the time trying to play Breath of Fire for five. But uh, 
I, I'm not again. I'm not sure I'll be able to finish it. I mean, and my favorite game uh, that Ikehara worked on uh, that I played this year is actually Street Fighter Six, and not and not about the Fire Five. But uh, this is so unique and so specific that I'm I'm already excited to play more of it. Um, I hope I can get to the end, but we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, l- listeners, I I hope that you are if if not excited by this episode at least intrigued at least maybe i'll have some more stories of how many uh of how many ways i've died for the next episode but for now um we're gonna just gonna try we'll talk story more next time we'll talk more story again we introduced lynn nina bosch and ryu but we'll talk about them and more next episode and hopefully at least one of us will have seen the sky by then but uh, uh so listeners thank you so much for joining us thank you steph and you alex for joining me on this episode um now I guess I've played every Breath of Fire game other than the failed uh, mobile game, but I'm just... <sighs> I, I, I'm, I'm excited and also slightly dreading going back to this one. But um, yeah. uh, but let's talk about some cozier RPGs now because um, the next episodes after these episodes are going to be um, two episodes on Rhapsody, a musical adventure. That is our... That'll be such a nice power that will be That will be Holy an shit. incredible change in tone <laughs> and difficulty from this game. The game is like literally too easy, which is something I said when I was a little girl and it came out. You know, right now, at, when I'm a, as a 37-year-old man, that sounds fine. Uh, right? <laughs> I know. I'm an adult. I'm like, you know what? I can deal with too easy right now. But uh, also in October, we're doing an episode on Dragon. We're doing an episode on Dragon Quest. We have a uh, a special guest coming from that episode, who's who um is the co-host of a Dragon Quest podcast. So there's going to be oh, a lot cool. of uh, Dragon Quest speculation and discussion in that episode. But that is a different DQ than the one that we played today. Um, Dairy Queen. Exactly. Yeah, we're doing an episode only about our favorite blizzards and blizzard-like menu items. Um, the peanut buster parfait parfait is underrated. Banana splits barfait. overrated. <laughs> Ice spells are best spells. Barfait sounds like some sort of like kids book about like gross oh, food. No. You know that makes all the kids laugh. Oh you know? boy, it's, it's like it's like the stinky cheese man. Yeah, it's a stinky cheese. It's man probably what the kids yeah. eat in uh, in Dragon Quarter. Oh no. How to eat fried worms. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's definitely time. If if we're talking about bar, if we're talking about barfays and fried worms, it's definitely time to end the episode. Uh, Wait, is there like fox people (laughs) and dog people? Where are the worm people? Great question. I think I think there are mole. Aren't there are mole people? Aren't there? Aren't there? Oh, we didn't even talk about the fairies. Oh no! Yeah, no. Fairy mini game. Yeah, we have we have a lot of fairies and ants to discuss in the next episode. God, I love those ants. The music there is so jolly. Like at least they have a good amount of like happy music. I do not like the giant ant that ambushed me and the ants that double their attack power before attack before um chasing after you. Those whatever. There's good ants and bad ants in this game, but uh, uh, listeners, if you want to ask us about Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter or Dragon Quest or other DQs like Dairy Queen or your favorite ants. Um, you can always email us retro at rpgfan.com. Retro Encounter is only one of three of uh, podcasts on RPG Fan. There's also Random Encounter every two weeks about what the, what games we're playing and randomness, and Rhythm Encounter every other two weeks about RPG music and rhythmness. RPG Fan is also um, can be found as either RPG Fan or RPG Fancom on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, YouTube, Twitch, Threads, uh, Blue Sky question mark. The not, not sure, but there were always either RPG fan or RPG fan com. Um, another way to interact with RPG fan is to buy our merch. Uh, if you go to RPGfan.com slash shop there, you can buy uh, mugs and phone cases and apparel emblazoned with the RPG fan Emerald shield. Uh, and also we would love if you were to review retro encounter or our other fine podcasts on either Apple podcasts, Google play Spotify, or however you listen, give us all the feedback that you are willing to, especially if it's positive, but um. Uh, Steph and Alex, let's tell the listeners how they can find us as individuals and not just as a podcast, especially if they want to talk Breath of Fire. Uh, starting with you, Steph. If you want to talk to me about my interests like Breath of Fire or Dairy Queen ice cream, uh, you could reach me most places. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Yeah. You're not allowed to call Dairy Queen ice cream. They have they always oh, call they always okay. call their food frozen dairy treats because it doesn't have it's enough it doesn't have enough milk fat or butter fat to be called ice cream. I could have sworn I saw one of the fast food places like it calls it sandwiches <laughs> instead of hamburgers or whatever. Whatever. Anyways, uh, my name is Dice SMS everywhere. So like dice like playing dice and the letters SMS. Uh, I talk video games. I draw pictures. I I also talk movies, but you know this is a video game moment right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, come follow me. Now, Alex, how can listeners find you? Yeah, my uh, like I said, my D ratio isn't very high, but if you really do want to contact me, you could do so at uh, alexfranicek at gmail dot com. And listeners, you've probably heard me say this uh, upwards of 200 times, but I am most easily found on Twitter at The Real Monsoon. I am Solosi on Blue Sky and on X. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't you dare. I know. <laughs> You're telling me. The only, me. the only X I believe in is Mega Man X. So hey. Xenoblade X. I haven't. I still haven't played that one. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I never owned a Wii U. Yeah, I know. You did. Um, about the same number of people that owned a, a PlayStation Vita. So, uh, oh. you know, whether whichever one of those you want to insult, you can compare it to the other. But uh, or also on Discord, I'm Monsoon Mike. Um, but uh, yeah, I, my D ratio needs improvement in this. Um, I, I'm not sure I've died well enough to get it uh, better than 4096 uh, but yeah you can listen to a struggle next week thank you good night and good luck <laughs>